I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sans Pants Radio. Get back! Welcome to How Goods Footy, a weekly AFL podcast where we ask the most important sporting question of all. I'm Carney. I'm Tom. And I'm Dusha. Boys, How Goods Footy? Here we go, here we go, here we go. No idea. It's been too long, Sean. When was the last game of AFL that happened in Australia? I couldn't tell you. 1971, probably. Yeah, that's, that's what how it feels, like. it feels like. I think I've had like four birthdays since the grand final. <laughs> I've had eight kids. Yeah. And yeah, two of them are expecting hmm. That's insane. Kids. That's crazy. None of them will play football. No, yeah. none of them because well, I don't have any footballing <laughs> talent. Because you know why none of them play football? Because there's no football. It's been so long, which is why Haggard's Footy here has come to you to talk about the best AFL moments from our individual teams to get everyone excited about football coming home. When, when, whenever that is. When it happens in still a couple of months. Do you, know what, do you know what's frustrating? Is that every week we record these and yep. I think about how far away footy is and it's only ever one week closer. Yeah. Like, it doesn't suddenly get like three weeks closer. Or like, like, oh, footy's tomorrow. I'm going to look back on these and remember these hard times and... Oh, boy. Off-season. It's the worst time of the year. But, like, a lot of players are back. Because how, how often are you hearing this week? Just, like, this is how desperate people are for footy, right? The newspapers are all writing, so-and-so is back early, training the house down. You know what it is today? It's like, oh, so-and-so uh, won the two-kilometer time trial. You know what I mean? Oh, News yes, like we're getting some oh. reports on the sprints. Yeah. Oh, or my favourite one from this week, Sean, which I get very angry about. It's a non-story. They're like, Nakai Cockatoo leaves track early. <laughs> Not training anymore. What's wrong with him? Is he injured? No, he's got tonsillitis. <laughs> <laughs> Who broke that one? Uh, I don't know. Cleary, I think. Oh, oh really? Mm, yeah, no, yeah. but it was like the article didn't bury the lead either. The opening paragraph was like, Dakaka Chu left training early because he's suffering from tonsillitis and he's going to have them removed, right? Yeah. The headline, Cockatoo, young gun, leaves training early with another injury setback. Yeah. It's not an injury setback. He's got a fucking cold that got bad. Mm. You know what's good this time of year too is like every struggling team are looking really good in the oh. preseason. Oh. Cultural changes, it's all happening. It's all fucking Carlton happening. are going to win the flag, guys. Absolutely, they you are. See the stuff they've been going on? Sauce is going to win them a premiership. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Fuck. 
Uh, I've got some bad news to sauce though, because uh, first day at work for uh, Essendon's new recruit who did not go to Carlton, Dylan Shield. He took Ooh. a great photo outside Windy Hill, looking very, very, mm-hmm. very, very sharp. I've heard it's the first preseason he's coming into where he's not injured. So he's going to get a full run at it. Fuck me. <sighs> Bombers could be scary next year. I hope we are. Boom. Just <laughs> if we okay, if Essendon come out and beat Greater Western Sydney, but like comfortably, people will be shitting themselves. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, you came out and beat Adelaide comfortably this year. But yeah, then, and people were like shit, and then we lost the next like seven. Yeah, <laughs> including to Carlton. Yeah, yeah, and I was like shit, shit. <laughs> Someone's got to lose to Carlton every year, though. That's yeah, it's true. And it'll be Gold Coast this year. Yes, and probably Richmond. Wouldn't that Ooh. be funny? Wouldn't that be funny? I'd love it. Round twenty three, Richmond might put the queue in the rack. Mm. Carlton needs some, I don't know. What about round one? Nah. (laughs) Although, Carlton training the house down, guys. Signs look good from Carlton. Mitch Mitch McGovern got in there and was like, oh, these other players I'm with, they're pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Just quickly on preseason stuff. So, we've spoken heaps about the Adelaide training camp from a couple of years ago. And whilst I was looking up, doing some research from my favorite footy moment from my team, uh, so the Essendon Bombers lost in 1999 prelim final. They probably would have gone on to win the flag comfortably if they didn't cook that game. They ran into a brick wall and his name was Anthony Kudafidis. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've talked about that, that they did a back review of um, like a fantasy football score of him and it's like one of the single greatest individual quarter performances by a player in the history of the game. No, statistically. That makes sense. He uh, killed us. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> So, basically, uh, I found a comparison to the Adelaide camp, but this one was, look, I'd probably call it a success considering we won 21 out of the 22 games of the home and away season and then were undefeated in the final series, uh, which is, look, without bragging, the best individual performance of a team in AFL, VFL history. Yep. Uh, the, only team, the only team that came close was uh, Geelong, uh, where we only lost one game for a year, <coughs> and that was the grand final. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, wait. I think we were undefeated the whole year. You can't have been I don't no, think I think so. maybe lost one game. You, you, I think you lost two. Because otherwise you would have beaten Essendon. Because Essendon won 20 games in a row. And then lost in the twenty, the 21st. It's a record for games in a row. It must be 20. No, no. Because like, I think it stretches across two seasons. Oh. Yeah. For instance, Brisbane won 16 in a row in 2001. And then they won their first five or six or seven or something the year after. Yeah. So. For some reason, I think West Coast have the record. That would in the be, early 90s, possibly. It might yeah. be like 23 or 25. Or- All right, you ready to watch this? So this is... Our podcast audience is very, very bracing their eyes to watch this. All right, so it looks like not a lot of teams have done like 15 consecutive consecutive games won. Digging deep into 15, our archives 20, here. 20, 20, 25. Uh, fuck, this is a really dumb... Yeah, you're doing a lot of scrolling and only seeing a few numbers. Okay, so it looks like 20 is about it. Which would be Acidon. Oh, no. We... Oh, no, here you go. F- it's 15. 15? By the looks of it. Can't be. No, because Brisbane won 16 in 2001. What are you talking about, Tom? You Fuck fucking cooked it, Tom. You've lost the plot. But I think I'm on the same website as you, and it is fucking stupid. <laughs> it is very confusing. Are you on afltables.com? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. fucking so bad. Oh, here you go. Longest AFL winning streak, Guinness Book of World Records. I should have gone there first, guys. Hang dumb. on. No, no, I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. No, it's coming. I'll get it first. No, no, no. Fuck you. Geelong, 23. Yep. 1952 mm. to 53. The biggest winning streak in a consecutive season, though, is 20. 
Which was you guys. We won it over a two year uh, no, period. No, it's Ty. Essendon. And who's the other team? Geelong. Nope. Brisbane. Yep. Wow. Woo. Can I say, <sighs> yeah. all those teams are in good streak king ability. Yes. We're, uh, we're good streakers. Our, our team. champion teams. Uh, yeah, so Essendon, year 2000, for yep. preseason, were like, fuck. We had that grand final in the bag. It was ours to lose and we fucked it. Uh, so they went on a pretty intense training camp themselves, but one that cared about the welfare of the players. So things like they watched the prelim final, like literally pretty much the moment it ended, but then the players were told to leave the moment that the game was over, not like, because I think the game was decided, like it was done. Yeah, in the last, point. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, don't worry about the end part. That's where the game was lost. And they're like, look, next year when we go into this, we're going to make sure that this never happens again. They took the ball out to a restaurant, gave everyone like clipboards with notes and stuff in it. Robert Shaw and Sheeds were just like all over it. They're like, the year 2000 is a mission for us. And they like deconstructed so much footage and had so many game plans that there's like quotes from Dean Wallace, who was like, the there was a two week camp at Lawn and they just went into so much detail and stuff like that. He's like, it felt like we'd won games we haven't even played yet. Oof. But the players, wow. the difference here is players, they left that training camp happy. So they weren't kidnapped into the bush and no. blasted into their ears? No, 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 no. They they left this confident and happy. Well, it sounds like a different style of camp. That Adelaide was like a weird mind camp. This sounds like it was like backed up by statistics and here's how we're going to learn and be better. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Heard, heard stood up at one point and was like, they're going to be faced with challenges in the year 2000, but we're never going to be beaten physically or mentally again. Oh. And the only time they were beaten was when they were just outcoached. Mm. Yeah. Because it was a strategy that no one was expecting. It's a really good point. They were beaten. The players weren't beaten. Kevin Sheedy was. Yeah. Hmm. By something that he just could not have seen coming. Yeah. Sheeds, I reckon, would have been sitting in the coach's box just be like, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I reckon he would have been a bit excited. Yeah, he would have been like, Jesus, this is this is all right. I bet you know what he wasn't Tezza, excited. Tezza, mate. <laughs> Terry. <laughs> Fucking hell. T-Wall, pretty out. good, mate. <laughs> Banging on the wall. Oh, fuck, that was you. Oh, you got us. You've well done. And Terry's like, yeah, no, all right. <laughs> and then she just like taps, I don't know, who's in the coach's box at... Robert Shaw, I think. Robert Shaw taps Shaw on the shoulder and goes, just uh, have that man's family executed. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you don't become top dog by just being friends with everyone, Dusha. <laughs> he's Albert Brooks in Drive. Everyone thinks he's the nice guy. No, he's the hitman. Sheeds was going out to people's houses and rather than fixing their plumbing, just putting pipe bombs in their house. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I forgot that he was a plumber. Yeah, he used to be on the Ream commercials. Oh, God. So there were some of the players too, wasn't there? It was like Mark Johnson in a yeah. spa and stuff like that. Yeah, oh, I remember those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All great, great footy players. Also great plumbers. <laughs> was Mark Johnson also a plumber? He was there, probably. Was Sheedy actually a plumber? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was a plumber by trade. No, 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 hear me out. And as a plumber, because this is my total understanding of plumbers, is that you have to have the same first name and last name. So was he Sheedy Sheedy, then changed it to Kevin, so there wasn't any confusion when he stopped being a plumber? A good uh, Super Mario Brothers movie reference. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> huge. Um, well, yeah, actually, speaking of huge, uh, and just to show how much his training camp worked, 1999, do you know the premier was? Uh, North Beach. Yep. Carlton. Cooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. North yep. Melbourne won the 1999 premiership, and in the year 2000, a record was broken. A record for biggest loss in a finals run. North Melbourne were the losers. Essendon beat them by a record amount. It was huge. Uh, Essendon almost scored 200 points. It was enormous. It was like 194 or something. Surely surely it was then eclipsed by the the Geelong win. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's the greatest ever loser. Yeah. How much was that one? It was a hundred and... Well, I... Mm, I we, think it was 144 points. We could tweet Kane Corns and find yeah. out exactly what it is, I guess. <laughs> if everyone could just jump on Twitter, ask uh, Kane Corns how much the biggest losing margin in a grand final is, I'm sure he'll love sick. the answer. Please Thanks, do guys. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. Hey, Kane, how good's footy? Also, how much did Port lose by? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the beauty of that is that people send him the screenshot of the scoreboard and he tweets back. Like He fires up. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. Surely, fuck. Rise above it, Kane. Mm. Or get Shimmy a mon- up that fireman pole and get above it. <laughs> I want to know, can everyone also tweet him, ask what happened to his fireman career? I'm curious. Nah, see, I feel like there's probably something bad we don't want okay, to Okay, yeah, don't. don't. No, I, no, I think he failed the thing, didn't he? No, I thought the reason he retired is because he'd been accepted. And if you're accepted, it's really tricky. Oh, and then pretty quickly after he gave up. Well, I think he then got a more lucrative up, deal in, a, in the media. Or something bad. He might have experienced something bad, I guess. Ooh, Just tweet him asking about the scores. We'll yeah. do some research and find out about the uh, firefighting stuff. John probably was. He probably got up for the fire fighting place. And you know how stations have numbers? The number was probably 144. <laughs> and he's like, I can't, I can't work here. Punched the head fireman. Or got fired because of all these fucking hot takes starting oh. fires everywhere. Kane, you, did you not understand what a firefighter does? <laughs> Mate, we don't start fires. We can't fucking employ a Kanado or whatever the fuck your name is. Volcano. Vol- volcano? No, I think it is Kanado, but it should be Volcano. <laughs> uh, oh, they call fuck. it a Volcano. Like, <laughs> oh, whatever they shit. call him is Kano's a- Peak. <laughs> big fuckhead. Oh, man. I had a really dumb gag in there and about something, and I can't remember what it was, but it was amazing, and I'm really upset, <laughs> so I'm just going to ramble, and you're going to be really Everyone disappointed. Everyone who has listened to this show knows that whatever was going on would not have been worth the pay <laughs> <laughs> Might have been, though. Might have been. Oh, that reminds uh, me. Uh, speaking of j- jokes that you made, uh, so last week you mentioned uh, one of the... Cornerstones of Geelong, a big sexy land. Yeah. Uh, I met a listener at uh, one of the other Sands Pants live shows over the weekend. It was yes. like, I'm from Geelong. I was driving past that big sexy land when he said it. Yes. And then I said, did you stop and get a deal? And he's like, I didn't, but maybe on the way back. And I was like, on your mate. And he was like, how good's footy? Do you know what? I, there is a high likelihood. I know that bloke. Yeah. <laughs> you know just, everybody in Geelong? Well, no, you just... just not everyone, but like mm. there's statistically... You know the people that notice Sexyland and think about buying a dildo. Yeah, we have a club. Yeah, they're yeah, the yeah. ones you know. It's called the Thinking About Dildos Club. Yeah. <laughs> we just think about... We don't We don't talk about it. Yeah. We just think... We just sit there. Everyone just sits there and kind of goes, yeah, do I get one? Speaking of dildos, Jeff Kennett had some things to say. Oh, yes! <laughs> what a segue. He's got his tinfoil hat on against the AFL over Tasmania because he <laughs> thinks the AFL are trying to push Hawthorne out of Tassie. With the end game being, I don't know, he seems pretty solid on his info. I don't know where he's getting it from. The end game will be that North will end up playing seven home games in Tasmania. Jeez. So that would mean, what do you normally get, 11 home games? Yeah. So North are going to play seven in Tassie, four in Melbourne. That's insane. That's massive. Do you know what it'll be, though? It'll be it'll be to capitalise on the fact that the AFLW team is the North Melbourne Tasmanian kangaroos. But surely the fans will be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Seven home games. That's big. But Sean, mm. what fans? No, they have fans. <laughs> they have at least thirty thousand members. Might be forty thousand. Shin boners, stick, shin boners would not abandon their team if they were playing more games interstate. 
I know that... Uh, but you'd be annoyed if you're trying to buy a membership, for instance, and you're going to get to go to four games. I'm assuming they'll compliment by being yeah. like, here's tickets to MCG games that aren't your club. But like, they, should make, well, a, but they also, should make a deal with the spirit of Tasmania. Get them on the Fuck. Get them on there. Well, that, that's how they'll do it. They'll give you a membership. You'll get a membership package that'll also include a spirit of Tassie ticket, right? But if you're a North fan who fought so hard when the AFL tried to push them to Gold Coast, wouldn't you be like, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought we were over this. No, 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 because the difference is they were pushing them to the Gold Coast and you've seen how well that did for a club that's been moved up there. Tassie's a great place. Gold Coast is where football goes to die, Sean. Tasmania is a football heartland. Yeah, but you've got to get on a fucking boat to go and watch your team. Some play. of the best names in footy come from... T- you don't have to go on a boat, Sean. They have or a plane. Sean, they have or a fucking aeroplane. Okay, so how much do you want to these- spend? You want to spend millions of dollars? No, it's not Do you know what? It's, 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 it's probably cheaper on a plane than it is on a fucking boat. I have gotten probably. flights from Melbourne to Tasmania for under $40. All right, fine. But... Forty dollar. I'm sure Carney. I don't know how shut transport up, works. Shut up, Tom. Forty dollars <laughs> plane ride. You got to go to the airport, do all that, or you can catch a train to fucking Eddie Head Stadium and watch your team. Like you probably cheaper be able to go to, to Tassie, to be honest. Jesus, you boys are just fucking not on board. This, I'm sick of it. I love. How, have you been to Tasmania? No, I fucking haven't. It's I a bloody love lovely no, place. No, I would love to. But if you said Brisbane are now gonna their home ground. You'd be fucking. Do you know, no, you know fuck, what? It doesn't matter. You can't use Brisbane because they did do that. They ah, said to all those it. Fitzroy supporters, "Your team now plays in Queensland." Fuck it. Fuck you. Oh, I'll try Sean. to stick up for uh, fucking Fourth Melbourne, and I'll never do it again. Sean. Yeah. The Gabba. Yeah. It's going to Hobart. You happy or sad? <laughs> I'm pretty happy. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's further away from the Gold Coast. It's true. <laughs> you finally don't have to fight with that. The cricket about getting access to your home ground. Uh, we actually get it earlier next season for yeah. some reason. I Probably because no one gives a shit about the cricket and Brisbane have some hope in their future. No, Beautiful. I think because of the cricket. There's some sort of cricket quirk yeah, in yeah. the fixture or something. And I will accept that and take a, a home game. Um, all right. All right. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Do we want to dive into our favourite moments? I reckon. Uh, who wants to start? Can I go off what you said about there being great footballers who come from Tasmania? Yes. And talk about one of, I think, probably the greatest Tasmanian footballer ever. Oh, okay. 
Now, this is a favourite moment relating to your club. From the Brisbane Lions, by way of Fitzroy, Brisbane Bears, and then the Brisbane Lions. Yep. Okay. I'm Greatest to... Tasmanian ever. Who do you think it is? Matthew Richardson. No. From fucking Brisbane time. Well, you said greatest Tasmanian ever. <laughs> well, he still is. You're just wrong. So try again. <laughs> ben Brown. I'll fucking jump over this table. <laughs> Alistair how, Lynch. How did, how did Alistair he, Lynch. Oh, how did Lynch get from um, Tassie to the mainland? Did he roll a boat or did he fly? Jerry, he was upset about the price of flights? <laughs> I reckon he was. <laughs> His family was. They probably never watched him play. Lynchy. Lynchy. The man. The man. The myth. Now, look, guys, I thought there's a lot of good Brisbane Lions moments. They haven't got uh, as long a history as, as your two clubs, um, just as the Brisbane Lions. Yep. They came about in, I think it was 97, after Fitzroy collapsed in 96. There's been some good ones. A lot of them have Michael Voss in them, but I thought <laughs> I'll spare the listeners because, you know, they're probably like, nah, give us more Vossy, but I'm like, no, no, you can hold off. I'll, I'll drip feed it out later on. Because if you have too much Vossy too quickly, too much. Get I, I will rush. say... Michael Voss kicked two goals in separate grand finals that are up there with my favourite moments in the world. (laughs) There was also a great moment in the Brisbane... Just before I get into the Alistair Lynch side of things, there was a great moment in 2001. It was the start of Brisbane's winning streak and it was when uh, Essendon, who were the powerhouse at the time, were coming up to the Gabba and in the pre-match, the media during the week, Lee Matthews hyped it up and he quoted Predator, the movie, (laughs) and he said... It was a great movie, showed it to the team, and uh, the line from that is, if it bleeds, we can kill it, and yep. we think Essendon can bleed. And then Brisbane came out and fucking smashed them. It was great. And then Brisbane won 16 games in a row, Including the final the one of that final. being the grand final against Essendon. Oh, But you know, what's, you know what's amazing, though, is that strategy still carries through. There's a lot of mm. lot of talk. You just hear players talk about that. If it, you know, Chris Scott this year talking about Richmond. They're beatable. You can beat them. No yep. one is completely invulnerable. Hawthorne had that thing for years where they could just beat it. Even Ross Lyon as Freo when they were good had that anytime, anywhere. Yep. You know, that that didn't work out for them so much. No, nah, not, but, not um, as much. Anytime, anywhere, asterisks, oh wait, you need to play some offensive football otherwise you can't fucking win a game. <laughs> anytime, so anywhere. Like defending a whole fucking grand final makes for one, a boring match and two, an easy win. Yeah. Although, they did give us two amazing grand finals. When? 2009, 2010. Frio. Oh, St. Kilda. Ross Lyon, though. Uh, Freo gave us a bad one, though. Freo. Freo nah. one was awful because they didn't kick a goal for the like for ages. Yeah, they like, played like Freo. 13 behinds. Yeah. Oh. Freo, the Freo Hawthorne grand final is probably the worst grand final I've ever seen. Yep. I mean, yeah, there would have in recent memory, yeah. No, like the what? Like, ever? Yeah. Oof. One I've seen, at least. Jesus. I mean, surely in like the- A lot of people would hate the Geelong Port game because it was over. But at least it was high score, I guess. Yeah, you're right. People like neutral supporters would hate it. You love it, I'm sure. Every day, watch it. Just <laughs> every, every day. Yeah. <laughs> so the window Kane. might be shut now, <laughs> yeah. but remember when it was wide open. Oh, <laughs> Kane Corns was holding it open. <laughs> he was like, boy, it's come in. So, Sean. Yes, Tom. Alistair Lynch. Alistair Lynch. I'll just say, like, my favourite moment was Brisbane were up by 26 points. Uh, there was about 15 seconds to go. Yep. Ball gets kicked along to the wing. Alistair Lynch takes a big mark, and then he just slows it down, and he thinks, all right, what's going to happen here? Then the siren goes, and it's just this iconic image that's uh, it's going to be in my head forever, and it's him raising both hands in the air, and one of them, he's got the ball in it. And it was just this beautiful moment because he his story – is just insane. Like, of all the players who were playing that day, I think he's probably the most deserving to have won the grand final. 
from what he's been through. Like, it was just insane. And I've got, there's a photo taken that was in the Herald Sun the next day. And this is when, when Brisbane would win a grand final, they have the aftermatch thing the next day at Brunswick Street over on Fitzroy. Yeah. So, we went down there and I had this cut out from the paper and Alice Lynch signed it for me. And so, now it's framed in, in my family home. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, every time I see it. Brings a tear to the eye. Fucking oath, mate. It's just beautiful. I love Alistair Lynch and I love everything that he went through. This is a guy who... Um, he was one of the first players to get like a super big deal, didn't he? Well, that's the thing, yeah. So he he played for Fitzroy for the Lions. They were on the brink of collapse, basically, and he got offered basically a, a Buddy Franklin, like a Godfather deal. Yeah, the Brisbane Bears offered him a ten year deal <laughs> for ten years, one point eight million dollars. That was unheard over of at ten the time. years. Over ten years, which at the time Is was ninety six, ninety five. Uh, yeah, it would have been ninety five. I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh. 1.8 million in 1995 was like 100,000, 100 million now. Yeah, 94, I think he ran up 94. Um, it's pre-GST. Uh, but what ended up happening is towards the end of that deal, Brisbane actually renegotiated the deal because they're like, well, it's probably not super fair on you, so have some more money. So they actually did the right thing by him, which was cool. cool. But yeah, 10-year deal was the biggest thing at the time. He just couldn't say no to it. He didn't want to leave Fitzroy, but it was like, ah, what am I going to do? Interesting fact. I read a stat today. Yep. <laughs> Am I going to love this stat, Sean? Oh, it blew my mind. Okay. It's the best stat I've ever seen. Uh-huh. Is it? Because I've found a stat also. All right. We'll see which stat. <laughs> Scott Lucas kicked seven goals in the last quarter. That's huge. Whoa. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, that was going to be my favorite moment, but the thing is, he doesn't... <laughs> Did they win the game? No. That's the only <gasps> thing that happened. How much did they lose by? Uh, it was close. So, it was... Seven goals. <laughs> Needed to kick seven more <laughs> earlier. No, we were down by seven goals going into the last quarter, and... <gasps> Scotty Lucas kicked seven. How much did you lose by? I don't know, but it was James Hurd and Kevin Cheedy's last game. It was against West Coast, oh. and it was really uneventful, and then Lucas just fucking turned it on and kicked seven in the last quarter. That's insane. Jesus. 2007 as well, so that wasn't that long. Like, was that when a- he had that weird growth in his elbow? I can't remember. Do you remember that he had that like, weird... It wasn't like a tumor, but it was like a growth, like a fluid buildup in his elbow that basically gave him like a tennis ball yeah. popping out of his elbow. I once um, met... Scotty Lucas in a car park after the game. I went to a game with uh, my mate who's an Essendon fan, and I think like his godmother or something was involved with the board or something like that. Can't remember. But we're in the car park, and they'd had a bad loss. And she's like, oh, there he is. I know him. Scotty. Scott. And he just like, he must have thought it was a fan and was like, fucking, fucking bullshit, not going to talk. And then he saw her and was like, hey, and he's the nicest guy. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. I reckon if I lost like a pretty bad game, mm. like if I did a sand spence show and bombed real bad, and then someone's like, Dusha, Dusha, hey! I'd be like, not tonight. Not when you're not. I didn't kick seven tonight. Yeah. Um, What's your stat, Sean? The just, year. Oh, no, hang on. Just quickly. Just one last thing. It's yeah. still on the Scotty Lucas thing. Yeah. yeah. Top comment on this on a post was just <laughs> oh, like, now that's a booming left foot you can set your watch to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. All right, boys. The year's 1993. Yep. Yeah, is this the stat? This is the stat. Yep. The stat. Oh, fuck. I'm excited. <laughs> Alistair Lynch came seventh in the Coleman medal, kicking 68 goals. And on top of that, was named in the All-Australian team in which position? Came seventh in the Coleman. Kicking 68 goals. And named All-Australian. And so he played this position that season in 93. Yep. Back pocket? Full back. He was the All-Australian fullback in 1993, and he came seventh in the Coleman. The fullback kicked 68 goals. Yeah. 
What the I, fuck? I don't know. Was he being played at fullback for that season? Apparently, like he did a bit of both, but Fitzroy was so shit that I like he got to play fullback. So he would normally take the best forward and then would like float and kick goals. That is that's fucked. Absurd. He would have been amazing. 22 or 23. Honestly, and then this is the sad part, which makes his beautiful grand final moment just etched in my mind, is that uh, I think the following season, or maybe the one after, he was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome. Yeah. And it just... Do you know that? No, I did not know he had that. Oh, man. That defined like his whole career. He was honestly on track. He would have been like a walk-up AFL legend. As it stands, he'll be a Hall of Famer if he isn't already. Probably won't be legend status, but fucking hell. He... Was one of like the most talented players, like all Australian fullback, and he kicked Kicks. seventy goals. Like it's fucking That's insane, ridiculous. That so, yeah, is an he amazing got stat. Chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, it basically impacted probably the next three seasons. There was one season where he played one game, another one where he might have managed ten. He just couldn't get on the park. It completely wiped him out for a few years. And there was even. Do you guys remember the thing where he he nearly got banned because of uh, prescription drug he was taking for chronic fatigue? Wow. I and the AFL, he went to the tribunal. It was this huge thing. Um, I think he nearly got banned. So that was like this year-long stressful bullshit that he had to deal with. Yeah, on top of chronic fatigue. Yeah. And then like everyone was like getting into him as well because it's like, oh, he signed a 10-year deal and you know he's not even playing, blah, blah, blah. What a waste of money. And no one thought he would ever come back. Yeah. yeah. And then he fucking came back and was like, if not for Lloyd in that period, he was probably the- Best forward for like four or five years there. Yeah. Like he, he nearly won a Coleman. I think David Neitz beat him one year. It was just insane. He ended up playing over 300 games. He kicked. Did he win? Did he play in all three flags? Played in all three flags, played 300 plus games, kicked over 600 goals. And like he's missed this huge chunk of his career from chronic fatigue, which still impacted him. Like he never really trained for the rest of his career. Wow. He was just kind of rock up on the day and just fucking dominate. Jesus. Like, the game was different back then. Lynchy was that guy where you'd bomb it into the goal square and he would wrestle and just beat you with strength. Yeah. So, yeah, for him, for that siren to go, and if it could be in anyone's hands, the footy, it was the perfect guy. I think Bruce was commentating at the time, just fucking erupted over it. Oh. So did we at uh, the Carney household. It was just, (laughs) I just fucking love it. I think that, yeah, I love Lynchy. So, he did that and then he went... He won two more grand finals, and then I don't think anything else happened in his career worth talking about. No, he didn't. He didn't do anything. No, I don't think anything else happened. Nothing else? I think he was a champion, and everyone remembers him for that. 2004, what did he- I I don't know. I was away. Was it? He was- Was that the game where he announced he was retiring, and then there was a- Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he did his hamstring, and then- Did his quad. All right, did his quad- In the warm-up of the grand final. I'm pretty sure (laughs) then he tried to remove- Wakeland's head. Well, from you know, his Wakeland, shoulders. Wakeland came to him and um, got into him, and Lynch pulled him aside and you know whispered in his ear very peacefully. He said, "This is my last game, and if you try anything, I'll fucking cave your head in." And he tried something, yeah, yeah. and so Lynch was like, "I've got to be a man yeah, of my yeah. word, as I've been my entire career." Showed, and so he swung a hundred punches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one for every hey, 68 punches, one for every goal he kicked <laughs> in that full year back. at full back. Oh, I did not know that about Lynch. Yeah, That's- chronic fatigue was like the biggest factor in his career. I think I remember that. It's yeah. more the fact that, yeah, he, I don't remember him ever being fullback, nor do I remember a fullback kicking 68 goals. Yeah, early in his career, yeah. That, that, that were what? Like the 90s had a lot of games <laughs> where you would have a fullback. Like I remember Justin Leppage played on fuckhead Wayne Carey one week. And Kerry kicked five goals and Leopard kicked four. 
because he just kept running off him. And it was like you would have that in the 90s. There what, were games like that. There was that. There's that great story of um, there's that the grand final with the Crows where Jarman got swung to the forward yeah. line and won the game. Love it. After like, playing in the back line. But think about it in today's terms. What oh. Alistair Lynch did that year, it's kind of like there's no way Alex Rance is going to come forward and kick 50 goals in a season. Fuck no. Let no alone in, one. Like No yes. one in Essendon's team this year kicked over 50 goals, I don't think. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, the goals, like I looked because I, I went, he kicked 68 goals and he was full back. Fucking hell. Like, did he win? Because that would win you the Coleman nearly at this time. Yeah, it would have won him back year. then. I looked. He came seventh. First was Gary Ablett, who kicked 124. <laughs> and then, like, someone else and, kicked and 120. This is, and this is then, home like, and away season where there's only 20 rounds, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think it was. And then Lockett, I was like, oh, Lockett was well down that year. He kicked 60 goals. Then you look and he played 10 games. And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Six goals a game. Yeah. Oh, but no, that's cool. And I love a story, too, where a player, you know, because Lynch could have been the, the good brother Daniel said, he watched a lot of Fitzroy and he said early Lynch, if he hadn't got chronic fatigue, he probably would have been a fullback for his whole career and he would have been better than Silvani. Like he, he, he had more weapons, I think. So, yeah. Lee Matthews was good at that too. He came to Brisbane in 99 and he, like Justin Leppage was a forward early in his career. He just couldn't kick straight. And he went, no, nah, you're a backman. Turned him into an all-Australian backman. Ackermanis was a bit of a – it was that midfielder who – always lost focus. And so um, Matthew said to him, no, you're going to be a back pocket and you're going to lock down on somebody. Yep. Within a year, he was all Australian back pocket. And then and then it was like, now that you know how to do that, you're and going you to play in half yep. forward, you're going to kick goals. Yeah. So, yeah, Lynchy, fucking best Tasmanian footballer in history. That's huge. Richo is also very good. Richo There's been some good. great Tassie players. but I, I think, though, Lynch's accolades beat Richo's. Oh, Although yeah, Richo definitely. still holds the record for the most goals kicked at the MCG by a player. That's his home ground, though. I'm sure, you know, Lynch has most goals kicked at the Gabatoir. Most uh, Dreamtime at the G Games lost due to fuckheadery also goes to... <laughs> most pleading looks at the umpire. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine... See, Alistair Lynch is a fucking champion of the game. Imagine if he didn't have chronic fatigue, like how good he could have been. Yeah. It's insane. Well, yeah, that's, that's fucked. Makes you think of players like Menzel, who mm. if he'd had a full run, what would he have been? Like, I don't know. I'm trying to think who else... Who was the other Geelong backman who... His career was ruined. So we had Matthew Egan who That's made it. all who played he was he was uh, in his early twenties, young guy, made the all Australian team in two thousand and seven. Yeah. Uh broke met a him. bone in his foot. He would have been like twenty at the time. Was, right? was, yeah. I think he was twenty and he'd had so people talk about the Scarlets and the Enrights and the Harleys and stuff, but if if you were picking that back line you pick Matthew Egan first, and then you build the other part. Like that's that's like Scarlet was great, and these other guys were great. But Matthew Egan was was going to be the next Scarlet, the was, next end right. I was growing amazing. up as my neighbor's cousin. Oh, oh cool. there you go. Mm. Broke a bone in his foot in the last second or third last round of the year, oh mm. seven. They tried to rush him back for the finals. Didn't didn't play in the oh seven grand final. Never played a game again. Sued the club doctors. Yeah. Later. So they rushed him back, and that fucked his foot. Yeah. Bob Did they Thompson, pay? Yeah, they did. They I think they settled, settled out. They settled, yeah. He ended up working with Bomber Thompson at uh, Essendon for a mm. bit. So, clearly there was no bad blood. I hadn't was- heard much talk of him lately, but I remember when he was working at Essendon, there was talk that he was like a potential senior coach. I think he got tainted by the um, yeah. scandal and he's just gone. It's a bit of a shame. Yeah. yeah. There's a guy. Speaking of uh, people that got their careers destroyed by the drug scandal at Essendon, I want to talk about my favourite AFL moment. Featuring James Hurd. Oh, just quickly though, Sean, something that you might like and a game that you probably fondly remember and I'm going to bring up because it involves both of your teams. So 
The moment I'm going to talk about features James Heard in one of the best performances in the last quarter I've ever seen. But I was looking up um, best individual quarters by players. And Can I guess who the Brisbane one is? Yep. Jason Akamanis. Yep. Round against, 13. Against Fremantle. No, against oh. Geelong. Oh, yeah. Okay. In the wet. Yep. In the wet. Where oh, he, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, in the, the wet. Okay. In the wet, it was terrible weather. How many touches would you expect a player to get? And how many goals would you expect them to kick? In the whole game? Yeah. I think he kicked five or six goals. Kick five. And he had 34 touches. 35 touches. Who else is in there? Is there any of my players in there, Dusha? Or, oh, hang on. Here's another one. Uh, Nick Davis in his fourth quarter against Geelong in the semifinal of 2005. Oh, no. That wasn't a Geelong player. That was... Uh, oh. mm. Fucking hate you. That was good, though, because Geelong won that game. Geelong. Oh, the semifinal? No, we no? didn't. Dash oh, you, you, oh, oh, you, didn't, you didn't. didn't win that one? I don't believe it. Uh, but uh, I see it. <laughs> no, there is no Geelong players on this list. <laughs> That's some bullshit. They're all relatively recent games. Like, none of them are... To be fair, to be fair, Geelong in their glory days were never a, a fourth quarter team. We killed teams in the first quarter and in the third quarter. Well, this isn't yeah. last quarters. I mean, Akamanis' quarter was the third oh, quarter. Oh, was the last quarter. Brisbane were a third quarter team when they were up. We Geelong used to do the thing where they kicked 10 goals on a team in the first quarter and then cruise the rest of the game. Mm. We- I remember a game, um, it would have been in that Brisbane Premiership era, where we were playing Frio, maybe over there, and we were down by like... Three or four goals at three-quarter time, and they're like, oh, they need to lift here. Brisbane ended up winning by, like, 11 goals. Fuck. It's had a monster quarter. I remember Acker kicking, I think, three goals on the run from 60 in a row. It was just mental. Dusha. All right. James Heard. To set the scene, Thursday night, James Heard, guest appearance on the worst TV show in Australia, The Footy Show. Which at that time was very popular. Very popular. Actually, it was probably the- point of it being tipping from reputable to garbage fire Hmm. Uh, at this point you would get occasional like big breaks and stuff like that on there like big news announcements and stuff like that Essendon had had a rough game the week before with some questionable umpiring decisions James Head was brought on they were prodding him for like thoughts on it and he he rose to the bait I think Dusha he I think they dangled that carrot in front of him and he went, mm, uh, me lucky carrot. Oh, he swatted it away a couple of times and then they <laughs> tried to cut through that. And unfortunately they did. And he named an umpire and said, look, if I had made decisions like that, I wouldn't expect. Like, he's like, I, yes, he made wrong calls, basically. Which was met with huge backlash because. So it should. Yeah. In AFL, uh, it's, yeah, you can't speak to the meat, like speak. Players and coaches and stuff like that can't talk to the media about umpiring decisions and they're being wrong. Unlike Just ask Brad Scott. Mm. <laughs> they get huge fines and stuff like that, which James Hurd did get. And it was seen as like an embellishment on the club at the point as well. He was the captain. He shouldn't have been saying stuff like that. He was a golden boy too. Like, yeah. Kids loved him. He's, yeah. he's um, Squeaky clean. Squeaky clean, which is weird to as think of. As a player, now. very squeaky clean. Yeah. It's just the, you've got to separate the coach and the player, I think. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, he was like the golden boy of football, like a very good boy. And then this happened and people- He was the metal face of football. Yeah. Because he had a metal face. Yes, after <laughs> it was broken by his teammate. If you watch that on YouTube, it is savage. Yeah, so James said there was an incident where he got kneed in the face. And he was out for most of a season because of it. He had yeah. to get like a facial reconstruction. Yeah. Yeah, it was real bad. Mm. Football can be fucked sometimes. Yeah. But I want to talk to you about a redemption story. Kind of. A pre-redemption story? 
So it's like before he did Tom, the bad separate thing? the player from the coach, all right, mate? Your words. When did I say that? <laughs> Two minutes ago. I don't think I did. <laughs> so. If only there was an audio format that could prove <laughs> you were wrong, Sean. So that was a Thursday night. That weekend, Essendon took on West Coast. Essendon had a huge first quarter, comfortably winning. Then they cooked it. Second and third quarter, they left the door ajar and West Coast like, oh, bloody hell, I'll come in here. Did that umpire work on this game as I well? I don't believe so. And also, just quickly, he got fined 20 grand? Yeah, something like that. Oh, which back then. Well, it was, he got fined a lot of money. It was in the news for money. ages. Yeah. Um, I, I remember the umpire's face, but I can't remember his name. I remember his name. Scott McLaren. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Scotty yeah. McLaren, bald, bald umpire. Yeah. Who was veteran. Off the record, veteran umpire. I didn't like him. <laughs> <laughs> My dad and I, he used to just make dumb... He just, oh, he just made tiggy touch calls. Yeah. He was Razor Ray before Razor Ray. He was Razor Ray without the Hollywood... Oh, well, after this, after his face was in the news, he got very, like, showboaty because mm. people knew who he was. Anyway, we're not here to dwell on umpires' decisions from 15 years ago. We're here to talk about oh, that's, footy players' performances from 15 years ago. <laughs> Last quarter. Essendon in trouble. Really need a captain to stand up. They need someone to do something. Enter James Hurd. <laughs> 14 touches. Most of them contested. Oh. Kicked a goal. Mm. And then, right at the end of the game, when it could have gone either way, it was any team's game to win. James Hurd ran in from the boundary, collected the ball, had a snap, sealed it, ran through the goals, and hugged a fan. Oh. <laughs> It was insane. I remember watching the game. Like, yeah. And it was just like, because I remember watching the footy show, seeing that and being like, oh, no. Like, because my parents were like, oh, no. And I was like, I don't understand what just happened, but I can tell it was bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then watching that. And I remember being like so excited and like child excited. Well, it was Christmas like morning excited. Yeah. Just like hugging the fan and like James Hood's celebration. Beating West Coast always felt good as well. Ah, because you had the whole the West Coast thing was the was the jacket. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was West Coast as well. <sighs> Bloody hell, it was huge. And yeah, redemption. And I always loved James Hurd to seeing that. I was like, yeah, Jimmy. And then he, yeah, he upset me. The commentary was huge too. Yeah, they were frothing. What I love about the commentary in that bit too, mm. and I think I talked about this to you guys off air as well, is in the play leading up to that goal. One of the commentators is like, they need Heard. Where's Heard? He's been he's been there for them this whole game. And then one of the other commentators goes, he's putting himself at the front of this pack. Watch him kick this goal. <laughs> Ball's bounced, off he goes. Like just it's a shame because you forget you don't forget, but it overshadows how good he was as a player. Because he was an exceptional footballer. An exceptional yeah. captain as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like he he was elite. <sighs> one of the best players of the modern era. Yeah. Not the best, just one of them. Are you going to say Michael Voss is the best? Uh, Voss is a clear best, and I think you've probably got Gary (laughs) Ablett, and then Hurd, and then um, probably Buckley. No, I think he's in there too. I reckon reckon there are players better than... (sighs) It's hard. They're all like equal, because then you've got like Kuda, who if he hadn't have had the knee... Uh, Kuda for me is like, he had probably an 18-month window where he was incredible. Did his knee though? Yeah. He's never the same. So? (laughs) After we just... What? Sorry? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We want to say Menzel's one of the greats of all time then. Well, no, we can oh, say- no, we can't because he did his name. Lynch is one of the so greats of Kuda. all time. Yeah, Lynch is. Yeah. Alistair Lynch, yeah. Played yeah. 300 games. Could have been, been one of the Did greatest Could have played 300 greats. games? 
Uh, probably. He probably nearly did, didn't he? Yeah. But for me, just in my memory, when I think of Cuda, I think 99 and in and around that period, but he didn't have the prolonged the um, Herd had influence Buckley, that Heard yeah. and Buckley and Voss and Goods and Ablett have had. Yeah. Oh, Goods as well. Fuck. Yeah. Goods, Goods had a career where he played in pretty much every position bar defence. Well, he's- Fascinating because he basically won a Brownlow as a ruckman yep. and a Brownlow as a like a midfield half forward. Yeah. Which is insane. Won won the rising star, so he was recruited as a ruckman. No. No, no. He got close. Yeah. Got close. He um so he won a rising star as a ruckman. Yeah. And then became a forward and then became a midfielder, then went back to being a forward. Yeah. So he's somehow he's still underrated. Well, because he didn't play for a Victorian team, mm. one, that never that doesn't hurt, hurt your cause, and two, racists. Yes, I think so. <laughs> but I'm just thinking Brisbane, though. I would take Simon Black ahead of Cuda. Yeah, in I would too. In terms of his influence. Simon, I would say Simon Black is definitely better than Nathan Buckley. Uh, yeah, I would too. The difference, then, is, oh, the difference like with Robert Black, Harvey. Though, is, the difference between Black is. So, Black, if, okay, so if I'm going for consistency, yeah. I'm picking a Black, I'm picking a Robert Harvey, I'm picking a guy that I know will turn up. Do the job I need to do yep. and, and walk away. If I want a match winner, I pick James Hurd, I pick Vossi, I pick Ablett. You see, Buckley doesn't get into that category. No, he, he I was do a think very Black's good, better than Buckley. A very good player, but I don't think he was a match winner. Yeah, nothing against Buckley, but when I say Black's better, I just Black is like nearly the most underrated of the players in that discussion. He went to Brownlow, didn't he? He did, but so, I, I think it's, again, because he's not from a Melbourne club. Yep. People wouldn't think of him immediately. Was he but a tie with someone? Good. Or did he win? No, I think outright. he won outright. He won outright. Uh, 2001? 2002. Who won in okay. 2001? That's Oh, that's right. Should have yeah. been Voss or McLeod, though. I can't believe Acker Manus has won a... I don't know. I think yeah. it's just because like, he should have done a handstand. He said to do a speech. <laughs> <laughs> Get up there, kiss the stage. <laughs> That oh, was right. probably pre handstand era, though. Anytime a microphone was in front of him, instead of speaking words, he should have just done a handstand. <laughs> do you remember when he went to the Bulldogs and there was like a team rule where it's like, we don't want you to do the handstand anymore? It's a bit too showboaty and it's all about me. Yeah, we, yeah. we want you to be part of the team. First game. First game. Handstand. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. Yes. And then, like, why did I get sacked? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's on the fucking Bulldogs. You don't bring a player like Ackermanis in yeah. who is all showboat. Yeah. And go, oh, well. Do you know what would have been the highlight of AFL? Mm. First game, Acker does a handstand and everyone's like, for fuck's sake, we just... And then, hang on, play stopped. Every Western Bulldogs player is doing the handstand. Oh, imagine that. He taught everyone to handstand. Oh, imagine. And it just it's a Spartacus moment. No, I'm Ackermanis. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, that would be incredible. <laughs> They'd be like, oh. like, coach picks up the phone. He's like, get Acker on the phone. I told him this is a tip. Oh my god! What are they? <laughs> and then he's and, done it. And then he, he turns he, he turns to his coach. He's like, "What's that?" And there's just feet in the air in the coach's box. He looks out. Everyone in the stands, feet in the air. The opposition players, feet in the air. But then you got Scott McLaren in the middle, being like, "Fuck that!" And he just keeps throwing the ball. <laughs> the team's kicked six goals. I think that James Heard one. Yeah, probably sticks in my mind as the best like celebration. Yeah. After a goal. It was selfless as well. In terms of like uh, engaging the crowd. That's pure emotion. That is a man who's just excited. Had the week from hell yep. and just lets it out. And they he, won. That he's, was the match winning goal. Because he's probably like, I'm the fucking best there is. And he was at that time. At that particular When did he moment. win his Brownlow? 2000? He no. shared it with Michael Voss in 96. Yeah. Jesus. Voss, yeah. him and Gould. No, 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 no. Him and Rashida. Corey McKernan technically, but he was suspended. 
Who am I thinking of with Goods one? Rashudo Goods and Buckley. Yeah, yep, that's, that's right. Two thousand three. Yeah, no, no, you're forgetting who won the Brownlow in two, the year two thousand. An all <laughs> all time great oh, Shane Woden. <laughs> oh. Guys, I love talking about my great moment about a guy named Shane Woden who. <laughs> <laughs> Against the odds, won a Brownlow medal, and then instantly everyone... He's the avatar of AFL players. Speaking of flashy... Yeah. Yep. My moment is a flashy moment. I was going to talk about something else um, until we started talking. I realized I actually want to talk about this moment. I might talk about the other thing I was going to talk about at length at another time. Sure. As just like a good game of footy, um, which is arguably the greatest grand final of all time in 1989. Oh, um, yeah. Because that was great. But- Oh, just quickly. I think yes. two th- one thing that I think is also burnt into my brain as greatest AFL moments for my team that are hard because they're not an actual moment. It's like a thing. Essendon coming back and beating North Melbourne. Yeah. Like the oh, biggest fuck. deficit. That was yep. fucking crazy. Was that the same year you smashed them in the final? No. That, that was, was the year after. after. Oh, okay. And uh, when Matthew Lloyd kicked 100 goals and people still ran onto the field. Yeah. People still did that for anyone who kicked 100 goals. Like, please do not enter the arena if a player kicks a hut. Oh, fuck. They're all on the arena. Yep. Can't Fraser Gehrig did it. Yep. <laughs> the- Yes, G train. <laughs> I don't think he did it in the home and away season. I think no, he did it, it in the first, first final. So did Favola. No, uh, Fev no. never kicked a hundred. Franklin. So there was a game where Fev oh. and Franklin both had to kick a certain amount to get a hundred. Buddy got his hundred halfway through. Yeah, Feb was one off in the last quarter. Clarkson put two players on him for the whole last quarter. Flooded the back line. Fev that, kicked. I think, I think Fev kicked eight goals. He needed nine. He needed nine. And this is the thing. Hawthorne were in front by like 30 points. Like, oh, more. I think it was yeah. like 60 or 70 points up. And Fev was just drilling goals. And Clarkson just went, chuck another one back. It was bullshit. People yeah. were booing. Yeah. It was fucked. It was It was amazing, though. No, was it? <laughs> Fev was so cut. I know. Yeah. He's a bad bloke, though. Well, fuck him. Yeah. All right. So I want to talk about, speaking of bad blokes who are flashy, but who then redeem themselves by being great. Yeah. Yep. So originally I was going to talk about the 89 grand final. Obviously, wasn't alive for it, but it is a great grand final. We might go into that in another episode about just good games How good's Geelong? How good's Geelong? Or something like that. So, Except not that good because they didn't. Three and five ain't bad, mate. Yeah, right, fair that right. was that was actually the thing after the third was three out of five ain't bad. Yeah. Because <laughs> we couldn't do a three-peat. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of things I could talk about because there's a lot of great wins. There's obviously the drought breaker in uh, 2007. Um, I don't know what the score was. Double check with Kane Corns. He'll get back to us on that yeah. one. Uh, and, of course, the legendary toe poke in 2009. Yeah. I could have talked about the 2007 prelim against Geelong and Collingwood where Collingwood nearly won. Bradons took a towering mark. And the MCC was at a lockout and there was 10,000 people trying to push through the doors. Jesus. Um, but I'm not. Instead, I'm going to go to 2011 uh, yep. and I'm going to talk about there's a moment in 2011 involving the great man, Steve Johnson. Stevie J. Stevie J. Now, arguably, 2007, he won the Norm Smith. Yep. Best on ground in a grand final. But this is a moment that I think is indicative of Stevie J. So against Collingwood, second or third quarter, and it was it was a pre- uh, the last quarter Geelong kicked away and Collingwood didn't kick a goal and Geelong kicked four or five. Yep, and ended up winning by thirty points. But for for most of the game, it was like I think it was six points the difference at three quarters. It was a close game. It was one of my favourite grand finals. Great grand final because they were the two best teams by a mile all year. Played both played exciting brands of footy. Was it the coming of age of Tom Hawkins? It was. It was yeah. the game where he kicked four goals. Yeah, could have kicked five. However, when he was lining up for. Goal number three or four in this quarter. 
Stevie J walks over to him and just starts giving him some pointers. Now, Stevie had already kicked two goals himself. He's giving some pointers saying, yeah, so you're on an angle, mate, so the wind's going this way and kick it to me. Um, and if you just <laughs> aim for that top right-hand goalpost, give it to me. And, and just before, no, seriously, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. So while he's going over to coach Hawkins through the kick as Hawkins going back for the shot, he just kept interrupting himself but with a little, give it to me. <laughs> because anything, Hawkins does a quick little handball to Stevie J before the umpire or any of the opposition players he was doing it. Stevie's turned around, one foot, snap around the body, the Stevie J special, yep. kicked a goal, fucking loved it. Crowd went bonkers. So the reason that is an awesome moment is, one, it, ind- it is indicative of Stevie J as a player in that that kick that he did, the step around the corner, became the – every player does it now. And it's called that. It's named after him. I think it's, basically. The, it's the J curve. It's the, yeah. it's the Stevie it's, – Well, people call it the Stevie J special. Yeah, it's a snap. And yeah. he did that – when he was directly in front, he just said, you know what, snap around the body because it can. He changed footy. He changed footy. With uh, that kick. With that kick. The other thing that's amazing about that is he was playing in his third grand final when in 2007, when he won the Norm Smith, at the start of the year, he jumped off a pub roof. <laughs> After how many beers? Oh, 206. <laughs> I think, I think like, it's actually, about, though, about 24. About 24 beers. I think, <laughs> I think he drank a case of beer, yeah. climbed onto the Torquay pub roof. He wasn't supposed to be drinking. He had training... The next day, uh, jumped off the roof, broke both of his ankles. Oh, how many beers does it take? Okay, so and then no, wait for it, broke both his ankles. Kept trying to run home. Oh, <laughs> that's no good. But also, how many beers do you have to have? So, all right, you're not allowed to drink. You've got training tomorrow. You yep. go into a pub. You're okay. like, I have one beer. I have one. They won't. They won't make a difference. Yeah. At one point, are you like, I've fu- I'm fucked here, so I might as well just keep drinking. Six. I oh, that's that's enough. that's big. Yeah, I reckon after like beer three, he's like, "Oh well, I'm in trouble here, so might as well keep." Maybe drinking. had some bad mates. I well, I think he was just Steve like, "Have another water, Stevie." He's <laughs> like, "Why is it amber and frothy?" Because <laughs> it's a Stevie J special. And Billy Brown was like, "Just have another drink." <laughs> um, so yeah, so that happened in the club. <laughs> the little reported on fact is that uh, yeah, Stevie J had 24 and jumped off a roof. Billy had 48. <laughs> Just walked out fine, <laughs> sober. Um, so, yeah, so he's, he's in 2007, he's had this tumultuous start to the year. The club threw the book at him. Uh, the leadership group, like, had a meeting because the coach was like, Bob Thompson was like to Tom Harley, leadership team, what do you want to do with him? So, prior to that, they chopped him around. So, they, they brought him in 2001 in the super draft with Ablett, uh, Kelly, and Bartel. Yeah. Brought him in, and the idea was that, oh, yeah, he's going to be really great forward. And he, he showed moments. Yeah. But like Acker, couldn't focus, was a bit too showboaty, and it was like, yeah, I don't know if we can keep him around. Almost traded the year before mm. uh, to Collingwood of all teams. This is, why, this is why that this is why the eleven grand final is great. Is that Collingwood took him in for a medical, looked at his knees, and went, "Fuck, there is no way you'll play any longer than another couple of years." We're not yeah. interested. So a bit like Menzel uh, at the end of last year, um, Geelong went, "All right, we'll give you like a short term deal." Immediately goes out on the piss in the preseason, breaks both his ankles. He's injured for can't train. Is suspended by the club for I think five or six games and has to play the has to train and play with the VFL side. It was longer, wasn't it? Wasn't like a six month thing. You know, because what it was is he was banned for six games, but then he couldn't train with the boys until they were happy. So even though he was able to come back, he could only play VFL for like half the year. What I love about that is 
they actually made that decision and stood by it. It's not like a Collingwood Jordan Degoe type thing where it's like, shit, we've lost a couple of games. Oh, I think his band's over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, he's back. It was always indefinite. Yeah. They went, no, this is a, like, and, and this is a team too that cooked it in 05, missed finals in 06, and had a massive internal review where the coach was only sacked. Yeah. And it was 07 was, we're winning or everyone's getting fired. And yeah. they had a guy on their hands who was mercurial talent who they went, Put it on ice, mate. You're a fuckhead. Yeah. He comes back, has a blinding second half, wins the Norm Smith in 2007 in an amazing grand final, kicks four or five goals. Amazing. Mm. Huge. Then goes on to be one of the best Geelong players of all time, I mm. would argue. Just because, again, we are talking about before, if you're picking a guy who was going to win you a game, yeah. you give the ball to Stevie J. Yeah. Because yet, sometimes it didn't work. Sometimes he'd like he'd do the old look away handball and it would go to no one. Sometimes he'd go for the snap around the body and it'd miss. But when it worked, it was fucking amazing. And there is nothing I think that sums him up better than going up to a young kid who's playing a breakout game and being like, "I can kick this better than you can from this <laughs> angle. Give me the ball." But doing it in a sneaky way so that the opposition didn't realise he was asking for the kick <laughs> and therefore setting up to tackle him and do all that kind of shit. Um, so he does that. The other amazing thing about that grand final and Stevie J's performance in that grand final is that he fucking shouldn't have been there. Mm, yes. The week before, in the prelim against West Coast, it looked like he'd done his knee. He went off in the second quarter, didn't come back on, was down in the rooms for the whole of halftime, all of the third quarter. On crutches? On crutches. No, on crutches in the rooms. And then I still remember the commentary because it was Stephen Quartermain. And about Love halfway quarters. Through, oh, he's Leo Barry, you star. He's oh, he's got many a good moment. I fucking love him. Halfway through that last quarter against West Coast, and Geelong smashed him by ten goals, like yep. just ripped him apart. The quote is, "He's emerged like Lazarus." Stevie <laughs> J's just walked up the race, no crutches, in a tracksuit, waving to the crowd just to prove I'm fine. Later in an interview, was like, "Yeah, it was fucked." Yeah, <laughs> like they just got him through that grand final. And he played a, a brilliant game again. Probably could have been close to. He was close to winning another Norm Smith in that game. Yeah. Um. Fuck, I love him though. Just the amount of good Stevie J stories of like of that weird shit. Yeah. The fact that he got banned and then came back. The best one ever though. Just again, the kick the ball to me sums up his larrikin nature, which is yeah. the Campbell Brown got to the uh, pay for Hawthorne. Yep, as a defender, traded to Gold Coast with Gary Ablett. First thing he says to Gary Ablett, he's like, "Oh, you played with Stevie, right? Every time I lined up on him, he'd always turn him at the start of the game and just say cash or credit, and I never knew what he meant, and he never <laughs> told me." And Ablett said he was asking you how you're going to pay for your front row seat to the Stevie J show. <laughs> <laughs> but so weird that he didn't extrapolate that that's he what he never would pay expanded. for. No, no, it was like you know what I'm on. Like last Stevie J story. Uh, apparently, Chris Scott, when he first got there, learnt this very early on in his tenure in 2011. Is he would ask him. Who's here today? And if it was Steve, great. I can coach. I can coach you. I'll give you some direction on what yep. you need to do. Sometimes though, the answer would be Stevie J. And in that case, Chris Scott would just turn around and look <laughs> the other way. As in, he would actually ask, yeah, Stevie J, who's here? And he'd go. Sometimes it'd be Steve, and sometimes it'd be Stevie J. What a fuck with. <laughs> do you know what kind of fucking human? Do you know the who- coach says, "Who are you?" Oh, I'm Stevie J. Fuckhead. No, nah, do, you know oh, do you know who he was in 2011? Have another 24 beers, mate. Do you know who he was in 2011 grand final? Yeah. Stevie J. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it up. Do you know who he was in that game against Melbourne that killed Dean Bailey's career also in 2011? Stevie J. <laughs> <laughs> just ghosts I think of Dean Bailey haunting you there. <laughs> He's dead, Sean. He's not coming back. 
Uh, anyway, that's why I love Stevie J and why I love that moment. Do you know because what? I like going all the way with Stevie J. Yeah, that's good. Do you know who was there that day where he jumped off the roof after 24 beers? Hey. Stevie J. <laughs> <laughs> probably, it was probably Steve until beer number four hit his lips. You know, but that's the thing is like, he gave you, he was reported all the time. Yeah. But then would come back and just, like, just the most frustratingly amazing player. Mm. Um, one of a kind. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of an acker. Like but, an acker, but, but had more. <coughs> yeah, I agree. <sighs> More unpredictable, probably. Yeah, more unpredictable. Because there was, I used to, so Bartel was interviewed once and he said that there were times where he didn't think Jono knew what Jono was going to do before. Mm. And then he did it and he'd go, oh, yeah, that's a goal. Yeah. Fuck, I love him. What a star. So yeah, 2011, kick it to me, snap around the corner, premiership, three-time premiership player, Steve Johnson, when three, four, five years ago, he was jumping on a roof, no ankles, boy. Lazarus. Like Lazarus, I love an injury comeback. Oh, it was good. He was, was done in that prelim. There was once a there was an NBA game with the Boston Celtics. I think it was uh, in an, in the championship in the playoffs in 07. Uh, what sports this? Basketball, mate. Yeah, no, no, not sorry, on this no, show. No, no, no. I'll, I'll allow it. Thank you, Dusha. Tom, get fucked. Captain of the Boston Celtics, Paul Pierce. Sorry, one of the I just great wanna, players. Just want to interrupt again, Sean. Yeah, it's going to be a good story. We do allow other sports occasionally. Yeah, Paul true. Pierce, captain of the Celtics, one of the great players. Went down with a knee injury. Looked like an ACL type thing. It looked like, and the commentary and everyone in the stadium felt like he would never walk ever again. He was carried from the grant from the court, disappeared down the race. The game went on for a little while. Boston started to get beaten. Ten minutes later, he fucking emerged like Lazarus, started dropping threes, Boston won the championship. That's Incredible. Amazing. I just love an injury oh. comeback. Injury comeback. Stevie J is a Lazarus. He's had multiple injury comebacks yeah. too. The right. amazing stories of players getting up for a grand final is insane. Oh. The hyperbaric chamber. Oh, Nigel Lappin. Bloody hell. Oh. It punctured just, lungs. Just happened this year. Who um, was it this year? Oh, um, fuck. What's his uh, name? McGovern. Yeah. Oh. Jeremy McGovern, who had broken ribs. They revealed yeah. after the fact. D- Dale Morris in 2016 had a broken spine when he laid that tackle on had Buddy a, Franklin. Had it broken everything? Oh. What a warrior. Fuck, I love I love, I love, love footy. What was the one you said before about Nigel Lappin? So Nigel Lappin had broken ribs and then I think in the game punched his lung. But on the way from Brisbane down to Melbourne, they flew at lower altitude, altitude for him. Yep. That's insane. It's but fuck. He still had to prove his fitness on the day. And to do that, I'm pretty sure the story goes is that um, Aaron Shattuck and Martin Pike... I think it was just Shattuck, but Lee Matthews said to him, absolutely kill him. Just hit him he with trained. everything you've got. And if and he kept he did getting for back 15 up. 15 minutes and Lapping kept getting back up. And Chris, uh, one of the Scots, I think it was Chris Scott, was an emergency. This yeah. is the 03 grand. Yeah, yeah, he, he didn't play in all three of them. No. And he, he was there, he had his boots, he was ready to go. And then Nigel Lapping just kept getting up and played the game. He, the, Chris Scott actually gave the speech at his induction to the Hall of Fame. And he tells yeah. a story in that. After the, so I think they did it maybe 10 times. He just kept running into him. He's like, after the fifth time, I just put my boots down. Yeah. Because I knew I wasn't playing. Yeah. That's great. He's he, didn't, a- he didn't celebrate afterwards. He went straight to hospital. Fucking, yeah. He wouldn't, I doubt he remembers the game. <laughs> Fuck. Champion. What a hero. So we've got a couple of emails this week, but I reckon we'll save them for next week. Sounds good. Uh, where we're going to celebrate some more great AFL moments. And this is the first time in How Good's Footy History where we can tease next week's episode. So we'll be looking at moments from teams that we don't barrack for. Just more, just getting around footy. Great footy whole. moments. Yeah. Great footy moments. Getting you through that. It's like, email us in some great footy moments. Your favorites. Yeah. And yeah, we'll uh, 
power through the emails next week. Um, and you can send us your great footy moments uh, by emailing howgoodsfooty at gmail.com or tweeting at howgoodsfooty or I'm at Awkward Treed. I'm at Sidekick of Dowdy. And you can find me at Douche13. And you can find Kane Corns at Kane, which is K-A-N-E, and Corns, C-O-R-N-E-S, and let him know or ask him. What was the score? What's what the biggest the winning margin in an AFL grand final? Just everyone, just ask him, let him know. He'll be sure to get back to all of us. How good's Woody? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.